Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on this Tuesday night. One hour from now, Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. We'll dive into the wild card games. Who's the best matchup for the Eagles in the divisional round? Who's the worst? As we know, there's four possible matchups. Seattle, the Giants, Dallas and uh, and Tampa Bay, they'll play the Monday night game. So we'll talk to Brad coming up. And what's the level of concern with this Eagles team heading into the postseason? The whole momentum thing, I, I mentioned last night, I, I really don't think momentum is actually a thing heading to the postseason. We make it up. We say it when it makes us feel good about teams, or we say it when we don't want a team to do well. Moment, You go back to the last 10 or 12 years, even beyond that, the, the amount of teams that went on a run without playing great in their last four or five games, it's pretty much equal to the teams that did the opposite. I mean, there really is no such thing as like, oh, you have to be hot heading to the postseason. I don't buy it. But here's what I, I do buy. Jalen Hurts' shoulder is not where it needs to be to win a playoff game. Will it be in two weeks? I hope. I mean, I'm crossing my fingers like like everyone out there. I'm, I'm hoping Jalen Hurts is going to be close to the physical – I mean, specimen in terms of on the field that we we watched all season, where he did everything. I mean, he could he could do whatever he needed to do to win a football game. This past Sunday against the Giants, he he did enough to lead them to one touchdown drive against the Giants backups. That's the reality, and it's because physically they didn't ask him to do it. I don't think they wanted him to do it. I hope he can because I am worried about Jalen Hurts' shoulder. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Are you worried about Jalen Hurts? We'll get to the phones here in a second. First though. Jeff Lurie, he gave the locker room speech after the game. How about this? I mean, I, I didn't know this. This was kind of a, a little surprise. Listen to this. The Eagles actually set the goal before the season as the number one. See, that's kind of bold. Here's Jeff Lurie in the locker room after the game. Don't ever take it for granted. Number one seed, home field advantage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we can be so much better. It's unbelievable. So before the season started, we had a meeting maybe five, six days before the first game. And I think it was in my office, and we had Nick Sirianni, his coaches, and we said, you know what? We only have one goal for the regular season. One goal. And the only goal was to be the number one seed, and of course, win the division, but be the number one seed. That's the big advantage. And you guys, everyone in this room, don't ever take it for granted. It was your work, your grinding from June, August, September, game by game, practice by practice, you established the standard. Number one seed, we got two weeks of work to do, practice by practice, same friggin' approach, and chance to play our best ball when it counts the most. This game ball, without question, goes to Coach Nick Sirianni. And they go crazy for Sirianni there as he gets the game ball. I, I Actually, that's kind of cool that, that the goal was the number one seed. Usually you don't hear teams talk like that. Like, you know, I would imagine established, really good playoff teams, like the Patriots over the years, right? You know, with, with Belichick and Brady. I'd imagine goals before the season probably included something to the effect of home field advantage in the playoffs. So I think that was kind of a bold goal for them. I mean, I, I would, if you would ask me, guess their goal internally before the season. I would have guessed win the NFC East. Actually, I thought that's what he was going to say because they obviously clinched the East and the one seed on the same day. I'm actually a little bit surprised as a coaching staff with the ownership group or the owner, they were talking before the season about the one seed. That feels big. It's almost like skipping a step. Yeah. Right? You, you go from making the playoffs as a wildcard team to winning the division. And then if next year Jalen Hurts came back as the established starter coming off uh, you know, Pro Bowl year or whatever 
you expected from him this year, then I could see that happening, right? We have a franchise quarterback. We have things in place. We have a well-oiled machine. So, yeah, go basically from fringe playoff team to number one seed in the NFC, especially when we consider how loaded we thought the NFC was back in September before the Buccaneers fell off a cliff and the uh, Packers fell off and a the cliff Rams. and the Rams fell off a cliff. I think a lot of people would have laughed at them and, and said that's nuts. Yeah, it's probably best that they kept those goals to themselves until they accomplished them. Because if they yeah, if they if they had ran out there in the summer, you know, put a microphone in one of those in front of one of those guys, what's the goal for this season? Oh, to be the number one seed in the NFC, they would have been laughed at. I mean, they would have been, but they accomplished it. Uh, it just, I mean, really, it's kind of been lost the last couple of days because our minds so much on the present, our minds so much on the playoffs on what they're going to do, on if we're worried, concerned. That we, I think we failed a little bit to appreciate just how good this team has been. 14-3, and three, the number one seed, remarkable regular season. 215-592-9494. Are you worried about Jalen Hurts? Ethan is in Easton. Ethan's up on WIP. Hey, Ethan. Hey, how you doing? Good, Ethan. What's on your mind tonight? What are you thinking? All right, so I wanted to ask you first, what's the, what's the primary reason why um, you're worried about uh, Jalen and his shoulder? Because I didn't see him at one moment on Sunday play like he normally does. So I am concerned he can't and won't and is not going to be ready to do it in two weeks. Now, you know, we did see him throw the ball. He did really good. I'm not going to say that he played exactly how he played. But would it not make sense for Nick Sirianni to, you know, not do QB sneaks and not run the ball and take that chance with the playoffs coming up, regardless if he is not fully healed or is fully healed? To, I mean, to, my, Ethan, total, before you go on, totally. I mean, I'm not critiquing the, the the plan, right? I think it was it was smart. It was prudent. I mean, I I didn't need them to go out there and 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 play him like normal just to make me feel better. But I, I'll give you an example. Like when I was in college, I broke my ankle. I, I had an ankle injury. I broke it, and and I it healed. But like I didn't fully trust it until I went out there and like ran around, like actually did something on it. And it took me a while to feel like, all right, I, I I'm back now. And, like, I watch Hurts, and until I see him play like normal, I'm just going to have that worry in the back of my mind, like, can, can he do it? Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is, you know, I would say the Eagles are a smart team. Sometimes, you know, we do have some questionable things. You know, I am a diehard Eagles fan. But especially with the playoffs coming up and with just coming off of an injury, I mean, even with PT, he, I'm pretty sure he's still good. Like, you know, during the playoffs, if there is time that, you know, they're going to need to use him, I guarantee Nick Sirianni is going to make those calls and say, Jalen, run the ball. Jalen, do a QB sneak, do this type of stuff, you know? But for just a regular game, like, against the Giants, like, is there really is typically no reason for him to do those type of things. So I'm not necessarily worried about it, and I don't really think other people should be worried about it. But, I mean, I guess no one can really tell until the playoffs do come, so... Well, and that, Ethan, that's it. I mean, and I appreciate your call. And you're right. I mean, the Eagles are smart. I mean, I think they did the right thing. Like once he was deemed okay enough to play, once they decided to play him on Sunday, the right thing was how they played it to not put him in harm's way. And obviously, there was some communication there between him and them. I mean, there's there's no question that they sat him down. Whether it was it was him and the, and the trainers, him and, and and Sirianni, or however they communicated it all. And said, let's be really smart here. Like, let's design the game plan smartly. Let's get the ball out of your hands. And, you know, do not take a hit for no reason, right? Do, do not put yourself out there because we could win this game. If we just play a, a C-minus vanilla game, we, we're going to win. Like, that that's the reality of the game we're going to play. We don't need you to be Superman in this game. And And to his credit and to theirs, they didn't force that. 
they they didn't go out there and, and put him in harm's way, and he didn't put himself in harm's way. But but the the reality is this: he didn't do anything on Sunday that makes you feel like all right, he's fine. Not not not, not nothing. I mean, the one thing he did, I thought at a higher level than than we. The one thing I was impressed at, I'll just put it that way, was he threw the ball with with pretty good accuracy, and I didn't feel like his arm prohibited any throw he tried to make. I, I didn't feel like that. I mean, did he throw everyone perfectly? No. But I didn't feel like, uh-oh, he can't make that throw, or he, he kind of hesitated on that throw. I didn't feel like that. And I thought the ball coming out of his hand, now most of it was short, but I thought he threw the ball, like, and just look at the spin and the way, he, I, it looked like normal. But he also did that when he hurt his shoulder in Chicago. You know, like obviously throwing the ball the way he normally throws it, th- this is not truly affecting that because we've seen him play twice now post-injury in Chicago in the second half of that game and Sunday. I haven't noticed anything about his throwing motion, the way the ball comes out of his hand, the spin, the, the velocity. I haven't really noticed anything appreciably different. I don't think this injury is affecting how he throws the football. I think it affected how they played the game. Tucker, I haven't noticed anyone the way he's thrown in either game since he hurt his shoulder. Like he can't make the throw or it hurts the throw. I, I don't. I wonder if that's not the issue. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't notice anything where he threw a deep ball and it came up ten yards short. He made some poor decisions and he he played like a different quarterback. Yeah. But for the most part, what I saw from his actual shoulder, if you just went and looked strictly at his throwing motion, it didn't really look any different. It didn't, and, and, it, and that's a, that's one concern we don't have to worry about. It's the way they played. He didn't run, he, and and if he doesn't run, the offense is is very, well, it's much easier to defend. I mean, it, it just is. Like part of why they've been so good. I remember we played the clip in September. I think it was with Dan Orlovsky compared the Eagles in empty, right? And there's no backs. It's just five receivers. It's or four receivers and a tight end or whatever they do. And they, he he said it's like last year's Rams to the point where it's impossible to stop because you have his threat as a runner, plus all the options of the passing game, it's like, what do you do? Or the read options stuff. It, it's made, you know, their run game is so good, and I've said this for two years now, it's not good because Miles Sanders is a great back. I mean, please. We've tried to tell you that in the evening show for years. Miles Sanders is fine. The, the run game and Miles Sanders, to, to an, a part of it, is so good because the defender has to freeze and say, oh, Hurts have it, it's Sanders have it. If, if you take that away, like, if you just told every defense in the NFL right now, Jalen Hurts isn't running, he instantly goes from where he ranks right now as a player, you know, as a quarterback, down a bunch of pegs because it's just easier to defend this offense. I don't think this offense is – like, you watch how Kyle Shanahan schemes it up. I don't put Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen in that category. I mean, not at all. They're benefiting from having a very unique player who rose to a high level this year – that makes it impossible to defend them. It just like you have to pick your poison. So if he's not willing to run, the Seahawks, the Giants, the Cowboys, or Bucks will sniff it out early, and it will be hard to move the football. He's got to be able to be himself. And I'm worried based on Sunday, he's not there. I hope he will be two weeks from now. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Are you worried about Jalen Hurts' shoulder? I am. As we head towards the playoffs, Tom is up on WFP. Hey, Tom. Yo, Joe, how you doing? Good, Tom. How are you? Fine, thank you. You know, I've been watching him since, like, his sophomore career uh, hurts. And, you know, that Sunday, when yeah, I know the exact play you're talking about, when he pulled up right before the first down mm-hmm. marker. Yep. And it was a different – it was like 
yes, the other day he was just he would get down quicker than he ever had. I, I don't know if it was a safer approach or what, but with medicine and everything for pain and 13 days, I think he'll be fine. But he, the only way that we're going to win, and I hope he makes a bunch of money and plays along well, but we need a few Super Bowls either way. The only way we're going to win, which made him an MVP candidate, is his legs, the combination. And it's just, just, like, just like you said, and I just hope the Eagles didn't peak too early. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, and I hope that, you know, as a whole – the team didn't have their best football earlier in the season. You mentioned peak and health and all that because th- there was a good period there, Tom, when they didn't have any injuries, right? It, it kind of all started with some injuries in November. They lost Gardner Johnson and Goddard, and then they got some of those guys back, but they were really healthy for the first two months, and, and now they're not, obviously. Yeah, and that's football. You know, I think the secondary is going to make a big uh, difference, though, this year in the line. I think the Eagles are stronger there both the line and the secondary than they were in 17. Right now, you know, I, I think we're going to be fine. We just need to win a playoff game, and we'll have taken the next step since from last year and hopefully win another one. But right now, that's all we're, you know, concentrated on. But hopefully he's healthy because, you know, that, that, that's – He's our whole ride. Well, it's you know? everything. No, Tom, it is, and and I appreciate the phone call, Tom. He's it is. It's and it's it's to the point where he's not a normal quarterback where he could just kind of use it. Like when Peyton, remember Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl his last year. He had, his arm was shot. He kind of won with his mind. I mean, they had a great defense, but he was able to win with his mind and just you know figure it out way. Jalen Hurts is not at that level. And I mean, few quarterbacks are, but he's not at that level. He could just oh, I'll just roll out there. And we saw it on Sunday. I mean, he was a compromised version of himself, doing less things. They scored one touchdown. I, I, I mean, we could we could all just excuse the game because it didn't matter and they had it in hand. They scored one touchdown against the Giants' backups. That is inherently worrisome. If this is the quarterback he's going to be in the playoffs, I don't I don't think they could win. No, and I, I said yesterday, I thought if the Giants had actually tried, if they had put out guys like Dexter Lawrence and Aziz Ojolari and you know Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley on the offense side of the ball, do you think the Eagles would have won that game? Probably not. I mean, the Eagles might have tried a little bit harder. They might not have been as flat, especially on the defensive side of the ball, but I don't know if they would have won. Like, Davis Webb looked pretty competent uh, against Jonathan Gannon's defense, and what the offense did, I know they moved the ball between the 20s pretty easily, but... The one thing that has kept them at the top of, you know, scoring rankings this year is their ability to score in the red zone. They're the number one red zone offense heading into to Sunday, and they dropped to number three based on them going one for five against the Giants. Them not being able to convert those situations into touchdowns, that's what loses you playoff games, right? Think about what the Packers did against the the 49ers. Like, their offense, and they lost to the 49ers because their special team sucked and they couldn't convert in the red zone. Well, and and what was noticeable was how much the Giants blitzed. Now, the Giants blitzed more than anyone anyway, but I, I think it was pretty clear that Jalen Hurts, I'm not even sure the right word, not that he was afraid of the pressure, but he didn't, he just wasn't interested in playing like he normally does against pressure. We, we've seen him against pressure. I think for the most part, he's handled it well this season. You look at his numbers against the blitz, against pressure. He's handled it well, whether he's run, run with his legs or he stood in there and, and, and stared down the pressure and, and made a throw down the field. He's done both this season. His numbers against pressure on Sunday were awful. He was sacked twice and under pressure. Okay, He was 3 of 9 for 42 yards with an interception. And he didn't really run away, away from it. Like 
that's it wasn't the that I, I've grown accustomed this year to Jalen Hurts when there's pressure, he either uses his legs to get away or he 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 beats it down the field throws to AJ Brown often, or he runs away from pressure. He didn't do either on Sunday. And you know, these defensive coordinators, especially on these better teams, and, and next week it's gonna be Dan Quinn or Todd Bowles or Martindale again, or you know, Pete Carroll's defense with the Seahawks, you know, they they smell blood in the water. And and I the Giants did, and they obviously acted accordingly, but they just weren't playing to win. Like it didn't matter. Like they 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 did the right thing. They blitzed them more. That they, they kind of you know forced him to get the ball out of his hands very fast. But it didn't. The game was never in doubt. Next week, if 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 the other team senses early in the game he's not willing to run, it's a problem. It it just it will change everything about the game next weekend. Which is why, like, to, in order for me to feel better. In order for me this fear to go away, I actually would embrace the first play of the game as a run for Jalen Hurts. It, it's so it's so weird to say because he's coming off a shoulder injury, but it would tell me he's back. He's not just back in terms of like wearing the t-shirt, the Michael Jordan t-shirt, and being on the field. That was a. What'd you think about the the Michael Jordan on back shirt? It, it was kind of. Uh, it felt. It felt like a big shirt for a two week absence. Yeah, like he didn't miss three months of the season, right? Like Joey Bosa missed from like week three to right. week 17. That'd be cool. And and I understand how big of a moment it was for him and that team to, to have him back on the yeah. field. But yeah, it, I was just kind of amazed that he kind of fed into that, right? Because Jalen Hurts is a guy who doesn't talk about narrative. Jalen Hurts is a guy who doesn't listen to the media. He He refers to it as rat poison. So to show up wearing a shirt like that, it felt almost out of character for him. It did. It felt. I wonder if he had the T-shirt and was looking for the right moment. Because when do you wear an on-back T-shirt? Do you think he bought it like years ago? And when he got hurt, he was excited. Like finally, I get to wear this shirt when I come back. That's a good question. Or did he purchase it like in the last week? This is why we need to be at press conferences. These are the questions that need. These to are be the asked. questions people need to know. Yeah, not so much like what percentage were you at? How'd you feel out there? When did you buy that T-shirt? When did you buy that? And where did you get it? How much did you pay? Was it off the rack? Was it custom made? Now, would you try to? I always wonder at press conferences. The I always think that the people who throw multiple questions. We're gonna we're gonna play for you the Sirianni press conference coming up in a few minutes from today. The reporters that throw multiple questions at it once. I have noticed one thing about Nick Sirianni that most coaches don't do. He tries to answer them all, and he doubles back if he doesn't get the first one. I always thought it was a silly move to do that because you can pick and choose which one you want to do. Yeah, Nick Sirianni has been very, and I mean, he rambles more than anyone I've ever seen, but he's very good about trying to answer every question. Yeah, um, but I do wonder if you're asking about all those t-shirt questions. I mean, the other thing is you're not sure when you're getting the mic back, right? So you want to ask. All you can at at that period, but I have a feeling reporters will be mad if we were asking all the players about their t-shirts. Just one more, just just one more. Just uh, again, what what website did you buy that t-shirt on, and, and where did you get it? Yeah, I'm back. T-shirts or not, he was back. He played. He helped them win. He gutted it out. That Jalen Hurts, the version of Jalen Hurts we saw on Sunday, is not a version that could go win a playoff game, and, and that's something that has to change in the next couple weeks. And we've had you know a few callers that have pointed out tonight the Eagles are smart, they aren't stupid about it, and two weeks is a good amount of time for him to continue to heal. And that's all true. I mean, it, it, it is. But again, let's not forget last year. He hurt his ankle. They, they kind of reorganized the game plan down the stretch as he was coming off the ankle injury. It was effective enough. They beat some bad teams. They got in the playoffs. They got in. He played. They tried to go back to, well, he's full now, we're, and we got to win this game with the playoffs. 
and immediately he re-injured himself. I think that injury to his ankle in the playoff game last year happened pretty early, and you could see he couldn't he couldn't run and he couldn't you know plant his foot and throw and it it, it destroyed the game. I mean they they were dead. They probably weren't lost anyway, but they were dead when he got re-injured in that game, and it threw everything off. And and I am worried the same thing could happen again. And I hope I I just hope that by the time we get to a few series into the game next weekend. I'm I I'm going to forget about his shoulder. Like that would be the ideal thing. He takes a couple hits, he stands in there tall against a pass rush, no worries, no problems. He runs and it's like, "Oh, he's just playing like he did all year." I'm not even talking about the effectiveness. I just mean the style because I think the style will tell us everything about where Jalen Hurts is as a player, and I also think when you watch how the defense plays him on Sunday next weekend, they're going to tell us. Like if if they're playing like they're they're conscious of him running the football. That means he has shown them, and they believe he's fully healthy. And and he's you know he's it's all systems go. If they're not worried about him running, that means he's they know and and they had a feeling he's not going to run because that was the Giants on Sunday. They they obviously realized fast. All right, well he's taking it easy today. They're being smart about this. He's not going to run. Let's just blitz him. What's he going to do? Stand in there, take a hit? Oh, no. Is he going to run? No. Well, he's just going to throw the ball into the ground a few times or or throw it out of bounds because he doesn't want to take a hit. It was, I thought it was too, almost too easy for the Giants on defense on Sunday. The Eagles made it easy. It was by design. That has to change, though, if they're going to win a playoff game. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on this Tuesday night. I'm worried about Jalen Hurts' shoulder. It's obviously not fully back. It was good enough. As he said on Sunday to play, but the good enough to beat the Giants and their backups is not even close to the same as good enough to go, you know, win a division round playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys or win a division round playoff game against Tampa Bay Bucks. It has to be different coming up in a couple weeks. And I didn't see anything other than their doctors saying, okay, he could play. Like that's the only silver lining. Like they, they I don't think they allow him to play in the game if it was so bad. But how much better will it get in the next two weeks? I don't know. Are you worried about Jalen Hurts' shoulder? I am. 215-592-9494. It's how you get aboard. We'll come back, your phone calls, and we'll play for you today's Nick Sirianni press conference. First one of the week as we get set for the Eagles into their bye week and the NFL postseason to begin. You hear from Nick Sirianni next on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. I am worried about Jalen Hurts' shoulders. We head towards the postseason. He was out there. He played. They won. 
But he didn't play like himself. That was obvious from the beginning of the game. Uh, Nick Sirianni and the, and the coordinators got through it. They won. But until I see him play like himself in the division round, I'm going to be worried about this. 215-592-9494. We'll get back to the phones. Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus will join us at the top of the 9 o'clock hour. Right now, though, let's play for you today. Nick Sirianni meeting with the media. First press conference of the week as the Eagles get set for a bye week preparing for the division round one week from right now. Uh, Nick, a, t- a two-part question, uh, both regarding uh, you and your, your staff. Um, as uh, Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen have emerged as uh, interview candidates for other head coaching jobs, how are you uh, currently best supporting them while also making sure that you guys uh, accomplish the uh, task at hand? And the uh, second part is, uh, considering the uh, amount of opponents that you guys might face and the, the total bandwidth, uh, how have you gone about uh, assigning responsibilities uh, for your entire staff as you guys uh, kind of scout and prep this whole week? So first of all, you know, your first to your first question, um, you know, you you hire guys like like Shane and, and Jonathan that know what the you know, that have are, are committed to the team. Also, you know, obviously they want to be able to do what's best for them and their families. But I know the first and foremost is that these guys are committed to this team. Um, and, you know, you, you have some you have some time off here at, later in the week um, as far as, you know, we're not grinding until 10 o'clock, maybe every night, you know. So there's some there is some time that's that's happening later in the week for them to be able to do that as far as as far as anything with just helping them get ready for it. You know, I really made a conscious effort of, of doing that um, all during the offseason. Um, very similar to what Frank Reich did for me. Um, you know, when he had nuggets to give me, I made it. I made a very uh, deliberate point of once a week getting the guys together um, and talking talking to them about things that you know that I thought would help felt would help them and that they had when they had time to think about those things a little bit more. So, you know, that's that's where I always thought that was my responsibility. Um, as the head coach to help them with those things. So, and again, I'll be a sounding board for them, you know, if they need to bounce some things off of me. Um, But, you know, I'll let you, I'll let them tell you when those interviews are going to happen and everything like that. I don't want to, I don't want to get into that, but I'll let them tell you that. Um, But they'll, they'll happen when there's a, there's time for them to be able to do that. Right. So they're, you know, we're, we're in the middle of self scout right now. And I know all our minds are on that. Um, because these guys, again, you don't just get ready for an interview the week of the interview or the day of the interview, right? These guys have been preparing for this and uh, for this. And just like I, I did when I, you know, before I got the head coaching job here. Um, and so it's just tidying up some things, um, making sure they're ready. I, I don't know. I imagine Gannon will per- wear a pretty nice suit. Um, so I imagine he's got the, the dry clean. I don't know. Shane. Yeah, Shane will have a nice suit on, but they won't be as nice as Gannon. So I know they're they'll be getting ready with that as as well. Uh, I'm sorry, Josh, you had a second part of the question. I'm not great with two part questions. I usually because I get going, and you know, you guys know me. Yeah, sorry, no. Sometimes, just uh, considering you, sometimes I give you a ton of info, and sometimes I give you none. That's what you guys are thinking in your heads right now. All right, go ahead. What did what was the second part? Oh, the opponents. Yeah, just considering the, uh, the the total bandwidth that you might have with your entire staff, how are you uh, divvying responsibilities in regards to uh, scouting? This first part of the week is going to be devoted strictly to, towards self-scout, um, comp- and, and that's it. Um, and, and then later in the week, we'll be getting to that. And so, you know, 
first and second down, you have different uh, responsibilities um, of of what you have, you know, and you really you really get the head start on first and second down. Um, and so, you know, we'll double up on some things, you know, um, but we we have a good staff, like I said, uh, you know, it, and we're going to, you know, if 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 I'm responsible for one part and Shane's responsible for the other part, we'll just do our we'll take educated guesses um, and, you know, two of the two of the four opponents we've played recently. Right. Um, you know, so we have a lot of a um, lot of thoughts on those two division opponents. Tampa, we've we obviously played last year, but obviously that's been a long time. So we'll have to do a, a little bit there. And then Seattle, we haven't played in my two years here. So we'll have to do a little bit there as well. So, um, yeah, that's you know, we have, you know, different different assignments, that re, uh, just like everyone has in their normal week. Um, and you just you just might have to go home and when you go when you go home make sure you're um you know getting caught up on some of the uh you know some of the tape that you haven't watched on those teams we'll go to tim and then rube hey nick another two-parter for you unfortunately on uh on jalen's jalen's shoulder uh so the first one how did he come out of the the giants game physically and uh, the second part is, what's your understanding for whether he's going? Is he going to have to play through pain the rest of your of the way? Is that your understanding? That the second part of that, Tim, I'm not sure I can answer that question. Um, you know, we do. We are fortunate that. <clears throat> excuse me. We're fortunate that we have two weeks to for the, till the next time we play. You know, as of uh, two days, or you know, depending on if it's Saturday or Sunday. Um, so we're fortunate there. And so again, like he's going to be a little bit more healthy than when, than when he, than when he was, uh, you know, obviously the other day, um, you know, he came out, he came out um, sore as expected, right. Of that, uh, of that game, a sore because, you know, it, it's, it's still healing. Right. And like, we didn't feel like we were putting him at any more risk of, of getting more injured, but we knew it was going to hurt him like hell. And he knew it was going to hurt him like hell, but that's the kind of uh, player he is. It's the kind of teammate he is. He fought through it. Um, cause he, cause it, it was important for him to be out there and he knew it was how important it was to him and his teammates for him to be out there. Thank you. Go ahead, Ruben and Zach. Sorry for the delay, Tim. Yeah. I've, I have a 12 part question. Uh, number one, no, I, I wanted to ask about Josh sweat and uh, I know you don't do timelines, but um, are you generally optimistic? I mean, he seems to think um, he can play again. He will play again. Uh, where is he right now? And and what's his chances of being out there? You know, I know he's, I know he is feeling better. Um, you know, and that's, that, that's obviously a long way from when he, when he, we all had to watch him, um, have to be carted off. And so, you know, I know he's feeling better. I know he made a push to play last week. Um, we felt like it wasn't um, in his best interest to play last week uh, for him, for health wise. Are we hopeful that he'll play next, you know, in two weeks? Yeah. Um, again, I don't want to, you know, just like you said, like, I don't want to say, yes, he's going to play. I, we're really hopeful and we'll really um, feel good that he will, but you know, anything can happen. Um, and, um, but we know he's trending in the right direction of, of getting healthy. And that's a good thing because he brings so much to this defense. Um, you know, we know, we feel his presence every time that he's out in that field. And I know that the defense or the, part of me, the offense that's playing against them, um, has to account for him on every play. So, um, we're hopeful he's doing, he's definitely doing better, which, you know, thank God that he is. 
And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take it one day at a time. But again, like, you know, we're, we are hopeful. Thank you. We'll go to Zach and then Chris. Hey, good afternoon, Nick. Uh, you spoke about your schedule, but this is your first time in this situation in the NFL with the first round bye. How do you go about determining how to handle it from scheduling to messaging to how to spend the week to preparation? Yeah, you know, just like you do with any any other thing that you've kind of everything's a learned skill, right, Zach? You know, it's you know you none of your you know you you like to think you invented an idea or something like that, but you know, in actuality, like you take little bits of pieces from each coach you've been around, and you know whether that's the good things you've been around or the bad things you get you've been around. Then, you know, because I haven't been in this scenario, like so obviously now it's calling the coaches that I've trust calling the coaches that have experienced this before, asking them how they how they handled it. And then at the end of the day, just like I have to do with everything, I have to take a little bit of, you know, information from everywhere. And at the end of the day, I got to make the decision that I think's um, important for, you know, that's um, that benefits the team the most. Um, one thing I can say that I will say is that, um fundamentals are going to be a big part of winning in the playoffs, just like we believe it really is, um, you know, um, in the regular season as well, right? Fundamentals, this player's a good player. That player's a good player. This coach is going to call a good play. That coach is going to call a good play. So what comes, what it comes down to is your fundamentals. So, you know, we'll have a little bit more time for individual this week to get back to some of the fundamentals that you might not have enough time to do um, in the, in the, uh, in the year, you know, kind of more so, um, like a training camp practice or a OTA practice where you have more time. That doesn't mean we're, we're, you know, we're not going to be in pads or anything like that. All that means is there's going to be a little bit more time devoted to that uh, individual like there was in OTAs and training camp. And then the other thing is, uh, Zach, is that, uh, you know, there will be, it's going to take some situations. Right? If we want to do all the things that we want to do, um, in the playoffs. And that's literally, you know, winning the first game and then taking it from there. Um, there's going to be situations that, you know, there's going to, it's, it's going to be the smart football teams that, you know, it's going to come down to things like that. Right. And, and so, you know, we're just going to, we're going to rep that this week, you know, some of the situational football, um, some of the situations that happen within the situations of those work on some things, you know, that we've studied um, that again, you have more time to do now, you know, maybe a, a, a you know, different types of end of game plays, different types of, uh, you know, game position plays, different types of uh, backed up plays, all those different things um, that have been on our radar, like in, in, you know, that we've been working on, but now you can get some full speed reps of that. Thank you. Go ahead, Chris and then Dave. Afternoon, Nick. Uh, I know you guys said you guys are in the middle of doing your self scouting right now. And if, since that's the case, what, what have you seen from Dallas Goddard and, how, what have you seen from these teams, especially when it comes to covering them in the red zone? Yeah, um, with Dallas, you know, obviously we're still at the beginning portions of this of this self-scout. We know how important it is to get him the football um, to say that we're to a point where we're, we've studied each and individual and their and their catches yet. We have not got to that point yet, but we know like, you, you know, the identity we're, you know, we'll get to our passing game. We'll get to our red zone game, you know, and right now you're going through sacks, you're going through interceptions, you're going through fumbles, you're going through drops, you're going through, you know, you're going through some of those things and and you're thinking to yourself, what can, how can we coach this better? How can we be more detailed on this? 
um, to help the guys put them in position to succeed. There is a time uh, which just hasn't happened yet where we'll get to individual routes that guys have run, uh, concepts that we're good at, um, identity plays, you know, within that. And what are you trying to do? Well, you're trying to you're trying to put yourself in position to run the plays that you, you feel like you're successful at and to the guys that you're successful with. And so all that will be taken into account in Dallas is what we're going to see. Eric and already I can already say that we're going to see. Um, you know, how, how uh, efficient Dallas is um, and the different things that he's good at um, will, will, will reflect itself. And we, we got a good idea what those things are, but um, you know, that, that that's coming up in the, in the process. We look forward to, to get into that. Go ahead, Dave and then John. Hey Nick, with all the success you guys have had this year, I'm sure you, you realized it was a possibility you might lose Jonathan or Shane. Have you spent much time throughout the year just, thinking about contingency plans and what you might have in-house and, and out, out of the NovaCare complex that might help out, help out in that case. Yeah. And, I think, yeah. yeah you, you know, we, like I said, we, we, I know I'm, you're going to hear me say, oh, we take it one day at a time, this day at a time, but you still, as you know, as a head coach, I still got to think about those things. And um, you know, cause that's, that is a very important part of being a head coach is, is who you replace guys with, you know, you're, you're hoping that you have success you're hoping that you lose guys for the benefit of them and their family and their career and their family. Um, you hate to lose guys because they, the reason they're here in the first place, because I felt like they were really good coaches. Um, but then you, you know, just like you go into a job interview and you say, I, I want this guy, this guy, and this guy, that's not always the reality that you're going to get all those guys. So it's the same scenario here. Like, of course I want to keep these guys. They're great coordinators, but in the event that I lose them, um, yeah, I've, I've, uh, you know, I've got an idea what I want to do, um, at, at, uh, at both spots, um, you know, and, 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 and the answer is uh, to sometimes, yes, it's in the building and sometimes it's outside of the building and, uh, but feel like we have a lot of good options. Um, and we, I feel like we have a lot of good options in the building that we're, that we would be excited about, um, you know, if that, if that were to happen. Go ahead, John, and then Martin. Uh, hey, Nick. Um, I'm curious uh, about the self-scout part of it. Uh, when you go back to the bye week, which has been a while now, you obviously have that process. Does it change any any way at all when you're heading into the playoffs? Is there a, a different way you try to tackle it? Um, you know, we, we feel really good about that process of what you're trying to do is you're trying to go through and and you're watching the tape of these things, right? And you're looking at comment. For instance, we just got done watching the sack tape, and I won't get into that. But you you look at there's the there's the data of it. You have one coach that summarizes that data. You see common denominators of what that data may say, and then you put the tape on and let the tape tell the story. And then you watch it, and you and then at the end of that. You know, whatever, whatever Spurs thought, you know, whatever Spurs thought you watch, you know, whatever Spurs, a, hmm, this is a common denominator here. Let's watch them all. It's Spurs thought. And then you go and you summarize those things. Hey, Shane, what'd you see there? Hey, Stout, what'd you see there? Hey, my, and I'll tell them what I saw there. And and, and the, it's an open room to say that. And, and then, you know, that's a really important pro, uh, part of the process. We feel like we always tweak our process to get better at it. And we really feel good about how that goes. And so it is a grind, but you know, 
that's that's what we're that's what we're supposed to, that's what we do you know we we grind to make sure we can find the answers to put our guys in, in better spots and to coach them more efficiently so there's it, it's it's very it's very similar um then you look at the part of the game where you're where you feel like you're a top 10 and what the you know you, you have to look at some stats statistical statistical things some analytic things and where it's you know where you are a top 10 team and where you are a bottom 10 team and then you really dive into that bottom 10 team uh what you are there and and you and you figure out what what's going on and, and then there's going to be you know naturally as you go through that process john things get things pop up right and so you may have went in to to examine um you know we talk about sacks you might have went and examined why this was a common denominator and then something pops up. And so what you're doing through that is like at the end of, you know, the sack reel, you say, Hey, anything pop up right there. And naturally we've had three things pop up and that will be tomorrow. Hey, hey, now let's take care of all the pop-up things, Um, you know, within the next couple of days, which is where those will be. So um, we like that process. We're, we have, we feel like we're very systematic with that process uh, it's the only really way I know how to do it and then just try to improve it each time. Um, so it's very, very, very similar because, you know, um, you know, when you, when you, when you go back and you, I don't know, I, I make taco soup sometimes for my family. Like I got, I don't, I, I make the taco soup how I made it the last time because well, my kids don't love it, but my wife likes it. So I make the taco soup the the way I did last time. And then, you know, why do my kids not like it? Well, because I didn't give them enough Fritos on the side, right? So then I'll maybe add a couple of Fritos. So it's it's like you have a plan. I'll probably get made fun of for that, but that's okay. Um, you have a plan of what you want to do and you follow that plan, but always trying to make it a little bit better. So to answer your question, long-winded, um, the answer is, yeah, we, we'd stick to that plan, but we also know that that plan has progressed every time we've done it. Um, and, and we'll, there'll be a, some sort of revelation this week, um, that we say to ourselves, Hey, uh, you know, it would be better, you know, it was better that we did this this time and that will get added to it. And that's, that's kind of how you go about your processes. And that's what we do getting ready for a week as well. You know, it's, it's the same, Hey, how'd we get ready for last week? Okay. Do it, do this again. And, but remember last week we added this little segment. All right, cool. That really helped us out that week, add it to this week. And then that just builds as you go. Well, it builds as you go. And Nick Sirianni there talking about the Eagles as uh, we move into this bye week here. A couple of interesting things there. We'll get to the taco soup in a second. Um, but, I mean, I thought it was interesting right off the bat, asked about Steichen and, and Gannon interviewing for jobs. I, I do think the Eagles are in a good position. They have the bye this week because these coaches, I always think it's it's the biggest lie in sports when these guys are like, yeah, I could, I, I'm not distracted. I could do it. I can interview for the most important thing I'll ever interview for, but also be just as laser focused as I always am here. There's no way that is true. No way that is true. So uh, it is going to be a distraction for those guys this week. I'm, I'm sure they'll get through it and, and still help the Eagles game plan for their next opponent. That's not a question, but that was the first. That was the first thing today. Asked about these assistants getting looks, and they're going to get looks. I asked Howard earlier, hypothetical, if you had to keep one, but the other one's gone. Who we might that might we might have to discuss that tomorrow night. I feel like it'd be interesting to see what people say, Steichen or uh, Organa. But that's the first question off the bat. Then they went into the particulars about you know th- this week, and I-, I do wonder how much time they spent on each of the possible four opponents. Like if we're being real here, and I think we're always real on the evening show. You think they're spending that much time 
deep diving the Seahawks? Like, is that really happening? I- I'm sure they have to do a little bit so they're not caught like caught looking ridiculous on Saturday as they prepare if, if the Seahawks do somehow upset the 49ers. But, like, if you said to me, Joe, listen, I need you to kind of start preparing for all four of these teams next week. You- you- your job is to watch film and kind of put some notes down. I got to be honest. If I have eight hours to work on all four teams combined, I'm maybe spending a half hour on the Seahawks. I mean, how much time? Like, the odds of them coming here, I think, are pretty slim. Now, the Giants certainly could. That's a three. You know, they're three point underdogs against the the Vikings. They played them last week or a couple weeks ago, and it was a close game. I, I'm clearly going to spend the most time on the Bucks and 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 the Cowboys because that's the likely opponents. But yeah, that that was kind of interesting the way he said they're they're ready putting some some work down. I can't imagine there's much Seahawks prep going on. No, and even though it is tough to beat a team three times in one season, it just seems like a huge mismatch. The games weren't close when they played. Like the no, two times. I mean, the, the last one was by eight points. The first one was by, by 20. But you look at that, that eight-point game, it's because Geno Smith scored a touchdown three minutes ago to make it one possession. I mean, neither one of those games were ever in question. And that last one was a short-week road game in Seattle, and that was Purdy's first road start. Like, that was set up for the Seahawks to maybe be able to pick him off, and it still really wasn't even close. Now this game, obviously, it's San Francisco. But the biggest thing I thought that we took out of today was Sirianno's taco soup revelation here. So so let's let's talk about this for a second. So Sirianni said that he sometimes makes taco soup for his, his family, uh, apparently his wife, she, she likes the taco soup. Kids, maybe not so much. Two things on this. Well, actually three. This was in the context of him being talked. He was talking about like blitz pickups and how they watch film and make some changes on, on all this kind of stuff. So he spun it to something, I guess, relatable. And I think making soup or, or dinner for your family is certainly relatable. One, I didn't think NFL coaches made dinner. Like, I just, it seems like one of those things in the context of your life that you just wouldn't have time to do if you were an NFL coach. It seems like an off-season activity. Okay. I don't think he's coming home on game night and, and whipping up soup. Or like Taco Tuesdays, right? Like, it's a big day during the week preparation. Is he going home making soup? I doubt it. Second thing is, taco soup's not something I'm very familiar with. And I, for the most part, um, I've been the, the person in, in my house that makes my family dinner. It's just the way our schedules line up during the week. I'm, I'm, I make a dinner before I come in here to do the evening show. So I I've gone through a lot of different recipes over the last five, you six make years. a lot of soup too. I make a lot of soup. Um, I've never really, I've never stumbled upon taco soup. So I looked it up today. Have you, first of all, have you ever had taco soup? No, I've had chicken tortilla soup. I think that's pretty common. Yeah. Which I, I think is con- That's why when he said taco soup, I was confused because is that just beef tortilla soup? Well, it, it looks like, so I looked it up, and it looks really like, kind of like chili, which, I mean, if you want to call chili taco soup, and, and everyone makes different kind of chili, but it's all kind of the same, right? You could just call chili taco soup. You think he means chili, or is it taco soup, which is just like a watered, watery version of taco? Yeah, like is there more beef broth in it than chili stuff? But, I mean, I don't know, like... What don't his kids like about it? Is it the distribution of the meat or the vegetables? Are there too many beans in it for them? Uh, is it too spicy? Well, this is on Nick to figure out. I mean, it's just like he watches film of the Blitz issues, he, he can maybe kind of relook at his, his recipe here. D- doesn't this have to end now with the Eagles on their social medias putting out Nick Sirianna's taco soup recipe? Yeah, I mean, Doug Peterson had his vanilla Haagen-Dazs ice cream. Right. Nick Sirianna has taco soup. Is everyone going to get taco soup now on Tuesdays? 
I would hope he would bring it in for the media one day. I mean, at, at this, I, I at everyone's this, talking about it. Well, it's true. I mean, we are literally talking about it on WIP. If we're talking about it here, everyone is talking about Siriano's taco soup. But then he mentioned like when his kids don't love it, he throws some more Fritos on it. So, is kind of the idea you you don't use the tortilla or the yeah you know the taco shell as the vehicle? You kind of chop it up and put it in the soup. Is that how you do it? I think so. I mean, that's what I would do with chicken tortilla soup is put some tortilla strips or, you know, if I have corn chips or, or Fritos at home, I think the saltiness adds a little bit. Yeah, I would think. So uh, So just full disclosure, on tacos, like regular tacos, I am more of a soft shell guy. Are you a hard shell or a soft shell? I go back and forth. Okay. So you, you, don't, you don't have a true preference? At home, I usually go hard shell. Okay. I, I primarily like the soft shell taco over the hard shell. I'd rather have... Like a tortilla chip. Well, do you have flour or do you have like corn tortillas? Um, we we've had different. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll rotate. Uh, sometimes flour, sometimes corn, sometimes whole wheat. It's it you know whatever we have. Like if I have a corn tortilla, I like frying it like in a pan mm. on itself on its own. You could do that now with the adding it like you know cutting it up or ripping it up and ch- throwing it in the in the the taco soup. I feel like I'd rather the hard shell with that. It gives a crunch to the soup. Yeah, it's a texture thing, like crackers. Like exa- like just like crackers, which I had soup. I had some soup and, and crackers tonight. I I feel like throwing a soft tortilla shell in a soup is kind of weird. Like you don't want a soft cracker. No, it's soggy. It yeah. adds nothing. Yeah, I, I actually think the Fritos is a good idea. But then you were saying people were debating Fritos today. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I think Fritos get a bad rap. They're fine. I don't think they try to be anything more than what they are. Yeah, I think there's a, a an unfair perception that Fritos is more of a juvenile snack. That's that's just my perception on it. I don't know. They're a fun. They're a fun shape. Yeah, I, they I, taste like salt. What more do you need? I can't lie to everyone and say I have like I buy Fritos often and they're in my cabinet. But like I if, buy them as a garnish if I'm having like chicken tortilla soup. Yeah, if you give me a bag of Fritos, I'm not I'm not going to turn it down. So I, I think this is good. I think wait, Sirianni telling us about taco soup is is branched us out. And once again, this is why we should be allowed at press conferences so we can ask him for his chicken soup I mean, recipe. I, technically, I think we are allowed at press conferences. Yeah, we just. I don't know. I feel weird asking a question about soup. Well, you know what? He Can we have Elliot a... ask our questions for us? He's already there. Right. No, he's he's going on our behalf. I'm just saying we're, we're literally allowed. Like, you and I could go if we want to. Yeah, but I'm busy. All right. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop in. Brad Spielberger, pro football focus. He joins us. We'll ask him about the Eagles. Jalen Hurts' shoulder. The ideal opponent. Who would worry on the most? And, yeah, we'll get his thoughts on taco soup. Has he had it? Hard shell, soft shell, Fritos, the whole thing. That's coming up next. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.